0: DJ PK and Lincoln Kennedy join us from the Pac-12 Networks. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you today? We're doing all right. How are you? Not bad, not bad. A
1: little down that the Pac-12 didn't take care of business over the first weekend, but it is what it is.
0: How disappointed were you in Oregon? What happened? Well, there? I mean,
1: not not so much disappointed. I mean, they played a hard game. It was a good game, um, but but it was a little bit of a letdown because it, it started off the week with Arizona's loss to Hawaii, and then it was like, oh goodness gracious, here we go again. And and, and you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have to deal with it in your own capacity. But you know, one thing that I, as I've mentioned before, I, I get tired of the uh, I get tired of the What is it? Just a banter about the Pac-12 on a whole on a national scale. So, you know, I'm hoping that we have a good outing. And Oregon had a chance, uh, a premier chance against Auburn, played a pretty good game, but just came up short, uh, just as uh, uh, Arizona did. So, um, you know, it was a tough weekend.
2: So with that in mind, you know, you look at particularly the ACC, it seems to be Clemson and everybody else. ACC is a little deeper. Uh, Big 12, you know, maybe Oklahoma. Texas looks like they're on the way back. Uh, Big 10, in my mind, it's Ohio State and everybody else. So even though Oregon lost, do we now turn our attention for the Pac-12 as far as making a national splash to the two Washingtons and Utah?
1: I, I think that's that's probably going to be your best bet. Um, Washington uh, with Easton had a great you know, strong outing, as did Wazoo. And then, of course, the way the Utah showed a complete team in the win against BYU uh, was a good showing for the Pac-12. But the thing is, is that now we're just going to go through the, the sort of meanderings that is the season. Um, the Pac-12, like I said, I think is one of the most competitive conferences. So I think you, you can expect that those teams that we think highly uh, might suffer a loss uh, here and there. But when it comes down to the Pac-12 championship, hopefully that's exciting with two premier teams uh, and, and then more importantly whichever pack, uh, whichever uh, teams come out of the pack 12 they win their bowl games that's the best way that you can put a scenario for a future um, but this year the, the bowl projections are going to hurt from what happened in week one and I know it's kind of early, but let's face it a loss hurts you these days. One loss hurts you these days and the way things are. With the playoff and the premier bowl games, one loss hurts you, so um, you lose a little bit of that glimmer and that possibility when uh, say JT Daniels for USC, the projected starter goes down with a knee-ending in uh, injury, a season-ending knee injury. Um, that's, that's rough because there were a lot of people focused on USC, and now the banter around, you know, Clay Helton and USC will be, well, should he lose his job to Urban Myers in Los Angeles? Well, let me just say this. I don't think it's fair for a coach to be graded on injuries to premier players. I think you could say you could be critical of a coach and say, "Well, you don't have a notable backup or you don't have somebody to stand in." but you know a lot of times that's just not necessarily uh, fair because it's hard to recruit in college football. And more importantly, there's not a lot of places that have you know two or three premier quarterbacks, uh, you know three deep.
0: So do you think there's any hope for Kidran Slovis making an impact here? and uh, helping USC win games, or as a true freshman, is it just this is overwhelming and it's going to go poorly?
1: No, 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 no. I mean, they, they've, got, they've got some athletes. It's not oh, totally out of the question um, uh, you know, for moving forward, but I just think that it, because SC always has a ta- uh, um, you know, target on its back, it's going to win more games than it's going to lose. I'm not saying the whole season is lost, but it's going to be tough.
2: So the way I look at it, obviously with JT Daniels going down and the inexperience or lack of talent in the other teams in the South, Utah, which was already the prohibitive favorite, receiving 33 out of the 35 votes to win the division, now it even goes up even higher. So with that in mind, the only way, and it could change, but as of right now, the only way I see them not winning the division is they themselves have a slew of injuries, particularly at the quarterback spot where they only really have two scholarship guys, and then they have a, a walk-on that they've scholarship. So they have injuries there, or they have a rash of turnovers. So knowing what you know out of Utah and what you've seen out of Kyle Whittingham now, when we get into conference, they've got two teams they should whip on in the next two weeks. But when we get down to SC starting uh, uh, two weeks from Friday, do you think that he really just... I I guess I can't say necessarily go totally conservative, but make sure that offense just does not screw it up because the opportunity there has gotten even better.
1: Well, it comes down to execution, right? And coaches coach, players play. So when you think about it, as a coach, you can only do so much. You know, one thing that we've gotten into with football these days, guys, is that you find coaches trying to do whatever they can to protect their players. Protect their players from what? Football's a contact game. There's inherent risk and in injuries and every time you take the field. You can't protect them from it. You just have to play. More importantly, you have to go out there and take care of business. You have to execute. Utah's in a good position because they have a number of notable veterans that are at key spots, especially a quarterback. And more importantly, you just have to go out there and take care of business. Now, we've seen good Utah teams in the past. We've also seen them have hiccups throughout the season or start off strong or finish poorly or, or vice versa. So, you know, the thing is that it's still going to be up for the football players to go out and do it. There's only so much that a coach can do to, to, to get this team ready to play. They still have to go out there and make it happen.
0: Lincoln Kennedy join us, Pac-12 network analyst, also Oakland Raiders analyst. You talk about trying to keep guys healthy and protect them. Uh, what would you think of the uh, non-call on Costello? Did you think that was a forearm to the helmet that should have been targeting?
1: You know, that's always a tough one for me because when a guy is sliding and another guy is trying to come in there and, yes, he's trying to make contact, um, in the heat of the moment, what what it seems the rules, the way the rules are written, what they want them to do is they want them to be able to pull back or not lay a hit. That's almost, especially when you're in the midst of going for it, that's almost impossible. I thought it could be a judgment call and go either way, to be honest with you. The fact that his helmet came off and, of course, he had a concussion added a little bit of a uh, banter to the fact that it should have been called targeting or, or something like that. But in this day and age, it's so hard with these judgment plays. You see a lot in the NFL with the pass interference rule and everything else. Um, it's just it, it's really unfortunate that um, I'm glad they adjusted the targeting rule for the most part, and then it, it's. Uh, but at the same point, it's it's always a judgment call, especially when you slow it down to to frame by frame.
2: We've seen Chris Peterson just build a very good program at Washington, your alma mater, and they suffered a lot of losses this past season. Guys going to the NFL and just graduation, but I'm wondering. I'm I'm a little unsure. I know they're good, but I'm mm-hmm. wondering how good are they? Are they? Rose Bowl contending good are they playoff good are they Alamo good it's so early where do you see them fitting in
1: I, I think they're, I want to say they're playoff, I mean not playoff caliber, I would, I would say um, Rose Bowl caliber good. Um, I don't know where the, the bowl structure is for the playoffs right this year, but um, I would say that I think they are capable of challenging for a Pac-12 championship. Um, we saw some holes in, in Oregon, and I think still Oregon's going to be good. I think Stanford's going to be good. I know Wazoo is definitely going to be good. Uh, but I've always believed when you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And Jacob Easton played a really good game against Eastern Washington. And even though they lost a lot, you're right. He showed me with his strong arm and his decision-making that, you know, Washington is definitely going to be a team to reckon with uh, in the Pac-12.
0: So is UCLA awful this year? Are they going to be mediocre and make a step forward from that 3-9? and Or after that Cincinnati game, are they just tracking for another 3-9 and season?
1: I think they'll be better than 3-9, and but not by much. The truth of the matter is when you look at UCLA's rostering, you look at the freshmen and the sophomores that they have, you can do one of two things if you're Chip Kelly. You can play a bunch of young guys and just have them, you know, you know, trial by fire, which means you're probably not going to win a bunch of games. Or you can just wade through the storm what you're going to have to do against Cincinnati. They'll be good in the future because Chip Kelly has already started recruiting guys that can definitely implement a system. But they're going to take their lumps and right now when you look at UCLA what's what's the the hardest thing to swallow is that you see a program down for as, as for as long as it is and again with Urban Meyer there the rumors are already swirling guys I don't know if you guys heard them in your neck of the woods but I'm hearing them uh, rapidly that you know uh, these, one of these, one or these, both of these UCLA. I mean, both of these coaches might be out, um, mainly because you know there's a swirl, there's a rumor circulating that um, Chip Kelly wants to move on to a bigger program. Um, so, unfortunately, if the kids hear this, then a lot of times it affects their their just overall attitude, and then definitely can affect their play.
2: So, the interesting thing about playing with the young guys and weathering through the storm, because it looks like that's what Herm Edwards is doing in the desert because yeah. they got so many young guys. He basically, as I see it from afar, now that's my alma mater, so I pay attention to it too, a little bit more. Uh, it seems like he's recruited over juniors and seniors, so they are playing an inordinate amount of young guys, 25 freshmen played in the first game whether they be first-year freshmen or redshirt freshmen and so many and they've had a bunch of guys who transfer out who are older so weathering the storm it seems like they've got a little bit better handle on it than chip kelly does so I don't know that I can expect from them to be consistently good over the course of nine games because they are so young. Maybe next year and the year after, it's a different story. But for now, with these young guys, I mean, young guys tend to be volatile up and down. What do you expect from them, not necessarily over the course of nine games, but individually any given game?
1: Well, here's one thing I do know, and I'll be doing the, the game against Sacramento State this weekend with the Festival 12 Network. Um, I... I see you you know you have a true freshman quarterback who's stepping in. And right now, my biggest concern for this team is the offensive line. You know, left tackles went down, and then they, they moved their center, their all-conference all, all the center, out to left tackle. So they did a little shifting around on the offensive line, but still had a fairly solid outing against Kent State. Now, this week in Sacramento State, I still think the big thing is, is that they're getting themselves prepared, obviously, for Michigan State the following weekend. But one thing I can definitely take for, for solace of the Sun Devils is their defense. It's going to be a lot better, especially in their secondary. And and that's going to send, send a message that this team's going to win a few more games based on the defensive performance, creating turnovers, and putting their offensive position. Um, Eno Benjamin is one of the more consistent backs who I just love watching because the yards that he gets after contact, is just it's so exciting to see. I, I love a good old-fashioned running football team. And I still think that A-State can do that. Uh, and the thing is, is I'm talking to the kids at A-State and talking to a lot of the coaches. You know, they believe. They believe that they can, they can win, and they believe that they can be successful. And that right there is, is a lot when you talk about what Herm Edwards has done. Um, you know, but Jaden Daniels, to me, is, is one of those guys that's going to be exciting to watch. And his whole team is going to be fun to watch throughout the South.
0: Two conference games Saturday night. Cal's at Washington and Stanford's at USC. Who's going to win those games?
1: Stanford should take care of business against USC. Um, and then, you know, Cal-Washington. Cal, Washington. Cal put, up, uh, put up a little bit of a fight with that defense in the first half. Of I expect Washington to pull away.
2: So you talk about Clay Helton, and you know you shouldn't be judged upon injuries, but it is USC, and so yes. rules don't that apply to one place don't necessarily apply with SC. So is it going to be a difficult situation for him to retain his job? Yes,
1: no doubt about it. Yes, I, I look when you just watch the. I was watching what was I think it was Fox Sports the other day. You know you've got. Urban Meyer next to what Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, I think it was. Yeah, and then them just talking about USC and, and seeing the sparkle in their eye when they looked at Urban Meyer, and especially, <laughs> especially when he talked about them, because SC is a lot about flair and flash. Yes, it makes absolute sense. You know, typical rules do not apply to them, and this is one of those instances where you have a flamboyant coach who's had success in your neck of the woods, and right now you're not. Having the presence that SC football has had throughout the decades, uh, you want to return to that there's no doubt in my mind there's some there 's some urban Meyer court going on, whether it 's you know directly or indirectly
2: so every time he goes to work on the weekends, Bush and liner are going to be leaning on him absolutely <laughs>
0: <laughs> so having lived in Southern California for a long time. It would seem to me everything you say about the flash and flare of SC that if Urban makes it known directly or indirectly that he wants that job, then I would think Clay Helton's got to win the conference or he's out. And that may not be fair, but that's the way it is. How far off? That's are
1: exactly I? right. That's exactly right. I mean, USC is really going to have to make a, a, a big push. And let me let me try to find. I don't know their schedule off the top of my hand, uh, off the top of my head. A USC. Um,
0: yeah. It's uh, um, I've got I'm, it. It's right here. It's, okay, uh, you got it. Yeah, they're playing Stanford this week, and then they go to BYU and host okay. Utah, and uh-huh. then they got Washington and Notre Dame after that.
1: Now, see that right there? Those three games right there. Um, you know, I, I I think they'll lose to Stanford. They should beat BYU, even though it's in, in Provo. But then you've got Utah, Washington, and Notre Dame. So you're probably looking. You know, I mean, you're looking at more, definitely more losses than wins in the first month. You know, still having Oregon, you know, a, having to go to A State, having to play at Cal, and then finish off the season at UCLA. I mean, you can make a you can make a point where they could probably be five hundred if they if they're five hundred. I'm looking at the record going through the wins and losses just immediately um, on the schedule. They, they might be that might be a five and sixteen guys.
0: Wow. Well, I don't. But see, the thing is, I think with that Utah, Washington, Notre Dame stretch, if they're two and four, let's say you're right and they do win in Provo. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't, they're one in five. Then yeah. I figure he's out mid-season so that they can hire Urban, so he can get a head start on recruiting because they got the early recruiting date in December. They're going to want to make this move sooner, not later. Good point. Maybe they hire Cliff Kingsbury, huh?
1: Oh no. <laughs> You think you think you think Kingsbury would be out by midseason? <laughs> They'll definitely win more games in the Cardinals world, that's
0: for sure.
2: <laughs> well in the NFL anything can happen. We've seen that.
0: Yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, is the pac-12 up for any more humiliation in non-conference games this weekend uh, Nevada's at Oregon San Diego states at UCLA Nebraska is at Colorado and Colorado did beat Nebraska last year uh, I think Oregon states Oregon states at Hawaii are, are there right. any gonna be any embarrassing losses there well I mean just from
1: just from you know thinking about it, I haven't really given it much thought um, I think the, the Colorado-Nebraska will be a good game. It's another way for the Pac-12 to sort of make a statement because everybody thinks so much of Scott Frost and Nebraska and where they're going. Even uh, um, and I would say, you know, the the other games, don't be surprised about San Diego State. I don't think anybody will if they win. Um, but no, no, it, it's. it's right now, to me, the teams just go through these little non-conference games, and, and it goes into, it's a coin flip anyway, but then you get into your conference schedule, and that's when, sort of, you know, the, the, the good teams have to separate themselves, when they have to win games, but what we've seen happen so many times, especially in this conference, is that somebody comes out of nowhere and, and beats someone else, and, and you know, that's, that's just what you have to deal with, but, and that's why I think it's competitive, but at the same point, it doesn't make a national statement when you don't take care of business against non-conference, non-conference games, or bowl games.
0: All right, Lincoln, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks guys. Have a good one.